On this week's show, Trimby returns to police how much time Baz and Fla spend talking about Munster. You were in breach of the cap last week. We select our starting 15 for Ireland's opening Six Nations game against Scotland. And Saracens potentially relocating to Romania. Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, here on Joe, together with Guinness. Players won't play, 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 play. Sarri's gonna pay, 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 pay. Relegate, relegate, who, who, relegate, relegate. Worse than blood, gate, 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 gate. Leinster gonna bait, 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 bait. Relegate, relegate. You were so, now I understand. We were doing a, for the listener, we were um, doing a photo before and uh, I had one of Barry's cue cards and he was <laughs> concerned that I was reading <laughs> the lyrics to his opening song. I was wondering why you were so paranoid. I, I, I didn't, I don't need to write those lyrics down. <laughs> They're up here. That's my job. That's my nine to five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has to be the most sweet, the sweetest part is watching back. Alexanderson doing that yes. smug Taylor Swift uh, thingy and now realising that they're relegated. So Saracens are relegated. We are going to get dive into that deep with uh, Jerry Flannery when he comes on. Uh, we've got Championship Cup quarterfinals uh, to talk about. Ulster inspired by Will Addison and Balakoon uh, will now face uh, Toulouse away. Uh, Billy Vonapola broke his arm for Saracens. We'll talk about that as well uh, as they qualified for the last eight. Monsters youngsters showing a bit of uh, signs of life at the at the end for them. We'll talk about that. And Leinster winning their 16th straight game of the season. Uh, we also had Ireland's Six Nations squad announced by Andy Farrell. We'll jump into that. Leinster, and Leinster falter. <laughs> they did, <laughs> finally. They? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we uh, have a live show in Cork next week that we also want to talk about. Um, Trimby, how was your weekend? Uh, good. I was away all week. I was away with work. Yeah, where were you last week? I was in Baltimore. Where's that? It's in the States, in the East Coast. Like uh, the wire? <clears throat> like the wire, straight away. Everyone's wow. yeah, first recollection of cool. Baltimore. Is it like the wire? Um, there's certainly... There's <laughs> <laughs> Does everyone just say that all the time? <laughs> certainly some uh, dangerous areas. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't really concentrating where I was going, walking, walking back one afternoon. And broad daylight, and then um, I, just, I just got a, like a, a whiff of weed, and oh. I was like, <laughs> then I looked around, cop cars everywhere, and uh, like a, a police line up and all. I think the weed was just like we sign. You're in. Um, was it legal? Is it legal? I don't know. There? I actually don't know. But anyway, anyone I, try and sell you some black tops? No. Got some black tops and some white tees. No. No. What do you mean up for it? Uh, I got back to the hotel and then someone said, well, we've seen our first shooting in Baltimore. So it turns out someone <coughs> just got, bruh, someone just got whacked. Oh, crap. Yeah, I know. So oh. I swiftly made my way back to the hotel. So who were you, uh, myself away. Who were you selling to over there? We were um, selling to um, soccer academies. So there was, it was like a, a, a soccer coaches convention. Mm. Enormous, 12,000 people there. And I was in... American, uh, hey, mode, right. <laughs> sales mode. And I was so tired by the time I got home. Bringing my bum bag, your white sneakers. You know, I put the bum bag on before I left the house and um, and I have my passport in it, my wallet, my phone and all my stuff for the airport. And Anna goes, oh, oh no. <laughs> she, goes, Anna. she goes, are you trying to sell something? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, she didn't even continue her argument. I just took it off and yeah, left it behind. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. I couldn't do it. If you wear it across your chest when you're selling maybe. something, maybe. Maybe. It doesn't work with the coat either. The combination of the two don't work. Oh, yeah. I'm never trying to sell something when I'm wearing it. Yeah. And how'd it go? It went well. Yeah. It went well. We made a bit of progress, made a bit of traction. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be doing a bit of work over there. Okay. With a few, few teams. Deadly. Yeah. Well really positive. Yeah. I'll tell you all about it. Do. Not now. Great <laughs> <laughs> for it. Um, cool. Uh, I had a nice weekend. Uh, yeah, you were on, you were famous on Friday night. I was on the late late. Well, <coughs> the, band, the band were on the late late show. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was lovely. And and is it? I didn't see it. I mm-hmm. didn't see it. Thanks, because it was away. Yeah, I only got in. Only got in on Sunday morning. Got in but, late. Um, yeah. But the are you the rep of the band? You're like the singer gets like a, an unequal amount of share in um, attention. And were you the one? Were no. you doing all the talking, or was everybody pitching in? 
Uh, we didn't talk to anyone really. Oh, you were just singing. You were performing. Yeah. Oh, I thought oh, you were getting no, interviewed. No, no, just performed. Yeah. No. They didn't want to hear what you had to no, say for yourself. God, no. We just had to wave. Oh and no. I, we actually did a pre-record. I let a cat out of the bag here. We had to. So we we couldn't be there on the night, so we did it earlier that day. So we we're like waving at a void. <laughs> so like now wave up here, and we're like hey, and now look over at Ryan and wave her hey. Did you sing the relegation song by Saris? <laughs> Should have. <laughs> It would have been way better. I actually, I was so terrified because like one of my favorite things to do on Friday nights when I'm not gigging is to sit down and go through Twitter and watch people tearing other people to shreds that have been on the Late Late Show. Because oh, yeah. uh, I think people just sit at home and get pissed and just <laughs> get a bit lippy on Twitter and just go off. So I was like, shit, if I make any bit of a mistake here. Um, oh, that's terrible. That's a bad mindset to go into it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I, do, I don't really give that much of a shit. But that was like my, um, my that was my mindset for international rugby until I was like <laughs> twenty eight. Just don't cock up. Yeah, we well, we had a couple of goals at it as well. So we had like two, three goals at it. So we got it right. But yeah. I, so do you get any abuse after? If you can get two or three goals at it. Yeah. And the other thing is, I we've done it a few times. So we're kind of used to it. And we I met uh, for the first time ever met uh, Blind Boy Bow Club from the Rubber Bandits. A week after we'd done it in Limerick, about uh-huh. five years ago, right? So I was in a pub in Do- called Dolan's in Limerick. Uh, it was like a Monday night. We were rehearsing in the in their venue at the back. I went into the bar to get a cup of tea, and he was standing next to me. I didn't know who he was. He wears a plastic bag, and he said, um, <laughs> "You in Hermitage Green?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I kind of knew the voice. I was like, "He goes, yeah, I'm I'm Blind Boy." And I was like, "Jays as well." I was like, "Starstruck, some huge yeah. fan." And he goes, "Um." Do you ever notice, like, uh, when you do the Late Late Show and then, like, you walk in somewhere here, like here, everyone's looking at you going, what a goal. <laughs> and I was like, ah, I do now. <laughs> and he's like, that's because everyone would look at you and go, they, they would imagine themselves on the Late Late Show and, yeah. then, and then think <clears throat> what they'd be like if they were on the Late Late Show. And they'd, they'd go, I'd be pretty cocky if I was in the Late Late Show so he must be pr- pretty cocky so he must be a goal so they, that's the logic he's thought it out so they project what they think they'd be like if they were on the Late Late Show onto you yeah and I was they'd just be there. girls yeah I was just there with my cup of tea going oh god <laughs> am I a goal <laughs> I still can't say goal yeah go on I remember we discussed it in the Limerick Show you, you, you always goal <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it with a Belfast accent anyway now what's the equivalent in Belfast um, what would it be I don't know, a dickhead or... No, no, it's not so. Yeah, it's, there's, too, there's no too universal. Punchy, Giles, like universal. punchy, isn't yeah, it? it's pure Limerick, like. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, so it's good. Other than that, uh, children are very snotty still. There's a lot of snots going on. Snotty, but um, I missed them so much. Did you? <laughs> when I was away, I really missed them. Yeah. And then whenever I came back, Katie's changed loads in the week. And then I'm going to have my first weekend by myself with her. With her, just her? Yeah, for Christmas I got Anna um, uh, and her best friend a trip to London. and uh, But I booked I booked Katie on the flight thinking I would just have Jack and Molly. <laughs> but Anna goes, you know what, I think I'm going to leave Katie with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you booked her on the flight. Yeah. That was zero crack would that be to be off with your It'd buddy? Be fine. Well, she's baby. literally just to stop breastfeeding. Okay, right. So, and... and so you've, you've got the three of them now? <clears throat> yeah. Wow, it's terrifying. Yeah, a granny and granda will be called oh, yeah. regularly. Yeah. Yeah, I had a few of them for the weekend, the, the two of them, and they're, they have so much snots, but Orla's got like this snot machine that sucks it out of there. No way. You suck it out, right? She's like, uh, do, uh, you have, do you use them? No. You just stick it up the nose and she's like... <laughs> Now she's become like real obsessed with sucking snots. Really? Yeah. I thought you um I thought you put your fingers in their ears and blow in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really blocked up their head just like starts <laughs> bubbling. Oh shit. <laughs> pushing the pushing bubbles back in. <laughs> like doing over the car. <laughs> no, that's not quite right. Ah <laughs> oh, shit! At least you've two of them. Just practice on one of them. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we've been at. Um, right. We get stuck into it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going <sighs> to. I think we'll dive straight, 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 straight in, into right. series. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking there um, because sometimes uh, Monday morning it's cold in here, and and sometimes like an early start, and you're maybe not that enthusiastic. Again, for the for the benefit of the listener, the viewer. Before we before we start, we were like, woo! <laughs> and like developing this kind of fake enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. 
that Sarri's every single game next year in the championship. Yeah. Just this fake enthusiasm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they go out and play like Cornish Pirates or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is crap. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see how many of them stick around for that because that's yeah. the talk at the moment that they're all, I know we'll all, we'll all stay. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure, we'll see. Okay, we'll get Fla, who's probably way more informed than the two of us about this. We'll get him on in a second to talk about Sarri's and all the Champions Cup stuff as well as Ireland's Six Nations squad. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Welcome to the couch, Jerry Flannery, our Saracens correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> tell us everything. What to tell? Flann, I just listened to, uh, a, uh, what's, what's your man's name? The Brendan Venter. Brendan Venter talk <laughs> about um, Saracens on the way up and it was quite hilarious. Um, Listen to him try and defend everything they'd done and dodge questions by... Was it like Tom Cruise defending Scientology? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him do that. Has he I'm tried not. to do it? Yeah, there's like a 15-minute long YouTube. Of Tom. Have you not seen this? The Saracen should get Tom Cruise in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. like, the salary cap is okay. You can spend on comms. He's Nigel Reyes and Ron Hubbard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, so yeah, have they have they any a leg to stand on with how much they're defending uh, defending them themselves, or is it just? I mean, I I am happy that it's relegation. It's like grand. That's that's all. That's what we all wanted because I think they would have stayed up if they did if they had allowed them play out the rest of the season. They're not going to be in the Champions Cup next year. They're relegated. They're going to be under the salary cap. That keeps me happy. Um, they vague. Uh, information that we've been given about how much they were over the salary cap and uh, why we haven't been dis- why they, all the information hasn't been disclosed is quite frustrating and irritating. Yeah, mm. and a lot of it's speculation at the minute. There's a lot of people talking about what they may have done and no one really knows. Mm. And we'll, uh, so certainly is, we're is not going to solve any problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we certainly won't. <laughs> but it was the... You've come to the right place, this, folks. This is, <laughs> this is the, the very start of it when this all came out. We were wondering... Well, if they were over the salary cap for the last couple of years, how are they not over the salary cap now when they signed Jack Singleton and other English international hooker Elliot and Daly. they signed Elliot Daly? Like, surely that puts them over because how, like, when you're trying to manage a squad and manage a budget, they just seem to be able to sign whoever they want. So you're wondering then how did they... Well, they weren't aware that they were going to be pulled on it then, right? They were only told on the 4th of November which I find interesting that they waited until after the World Cup to tell them because they didn't want to obviously, obviously upset England's chances. Um, but they probably weren't aware till then. I don't know. what. Realistically, if they, like, the thing is what you said, that they've been relegated now because otherwise you can circumnavigate around the salary cap so easily if you want. You know, and It's hard to put definitive laws in place to stop people. That's why I think everyone got so frustrated because... In the spirit of the game, if Saracens want to, if they want to get around the salary cap, they could, they will be able to do it. Mm. That's why the fact that when they got the fine and then they just said, "Well, we'll rally together, we'll 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 focus on the on the prem," and even now they've still gone through in 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 Europe, they still would have stayed up and they would have been, you know, they probably would have had to do a little bit of trimming, but now it seems like it's it's actually fully hit them now. So how do you mean then? How would they find ways around it? Invest in, in a company owned by players' wives and stuff like that? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, if if your wife. Yeah. So that. But that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's it. But yeah. like, how how do you how do you say that that how do you say if someone's not directly getting a getting a, a benefit from it? How do you say then that that they're getting paid that way? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's so there's so many ways around it. I think that that's what some of the. The chair, some of the people in the, in, the, in the premiership that came out and said, like, it's the spirit of it. We're trying to put a salary cap in there to make the game sustainable long term, because mm. as opposed to in Ireland. So in Ireland, the RFU run the four provincial teams and the RFU have the best interests of the national team and of rugby in general. In that, that's that's their that's that's what's important to them. Whereas if you were just if you're a chairman if it's all chairmen that are running a club, like millionaires who own, who go in and buy buy a club, they're looking out what's best for their team at that there and then at that juncture at that point, and that's why I suppose the, the good things to come out of it was that when the meritoc when they when they wanted that you to qualify for the Champions Cup, there was a meritocracy required that like if you were pumping millions and millions into Bath every year and you weren't qualifying for the Champions Cup, 
Champions Cup. But if you saw Zebra qualifying every single year... Champions Cup, the Champions Cup kind of degrades it. <laughs> but if you saw Zebra qualifying every year, you'd be like, well, this doesn't make sense, man. I'm pouring all this money into my team. So they got, you know, the fact that that was brought in, that you had to qualify on merit for the Champions Cup made sense. Mm. But it also means that you still have to have, you're trying to develop the game and grow the game as well. So you want an, uh, the Italian, whichever of the Italian teams place is best is going to get in and play because otherwise rugby just dies in Italy and they have to there has to be an onus on trying to develop the sport because the cha- if the chairman and if, if there is no salary cap well then chairman will just keep throwing money at the game and inflating the wages and inflating the game until they decide that they're sick of it and then suddenly the game just goes bust so there has to be something there to manage it and make it sustainable over time yeah I, I find uh, I found at the time when it all came out it was like everyone was like yeah they've obviously been doing this um it's disgraceful but there was a little bit of like uh people weren't that harsh on the team and the players everyone was kind of going look to be fair they're an unbelievable team uh unbelievable coaching staff and uh, that that doesn't take from it but for me as a monster fan i'm massively pissed off and frustrated that they've gotten away with it for years and like they would only have that team in the champions cup by uh breaking the rules in the premiership so uh, they've done it illegally and uh, they've doped or whatever. Um, d- having coached Munster and invested a hell of a lot more than I have over the last few years into the team and gone out and, and lost in huge games to them, does, is that frustrating? Like, how frustrating is it um, for First you? of all, I'm glad we brought Munster up because I don't think we've talked about Munster <laughs> anywhere near yeah. we, This is all we're going to give them this. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about Munster. But, right, d- sure. Yeah, it, it, is, it is very frustrating, but... but Frustrating from the point of view that we got beat when we played Saracens in the two semis. They, they were better than us. They were just better than us. They outcoached us. Their players played better than our players. Because they were cheating? No, it's just because they were better. But the reason that they, they were able to put that squad together illegally, like uh, they, they went outside the laws that yeah. were set out in the premiership around the salary cap, which is frustrating because you finish up every season, you go, okay, well, here we are. How do we bridge the gap to where the what 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 is the who who are the benchmark team in European rugby and it's either Leinster or it's Saracens, and when it's Leinster you just go well they have an incredible conveyor belt and okay well we can't replicate some of the things the infrastructure that they have in 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 Leinster around the private schools and stuff like that but there's ways to do it and we spoke about that in the last show when it's Saracens you're like well. You know, they have a very good academy system, but they also have huge, like they're making massive losses every year and they're just able to absorb that through Nigel Ray and, and, and their owners. But then you just go, well, then they just go and sign whoever they want. And, and that makes it very, very hard. But you don't get, you don't, you don't get pissed off because you, you got outplayed on the day. You just take it as if we just take our medicine. We got beaten there. But you do, when you, when you step back from it, you go, we got beaten because they're able to yeah. Mako Vinopola, Billy Vinopola, Vincent Koch. Jamie George, you know, like put this incredible, like I think they had 16 players at the World Cup. They had nine in the World Cup final. Like nine players from one club at the, in the, at the highest level of rugby. Like that's very, very hard. What to, I would say though is that the players aren't the bad guys. No, not at so all. So if, if as an individual player, if you go to negotiate a contract <coughs> with Saracens, yeah. you have no idea what's a squad, 35, 38 players. You don't know what the other 34 players are getting so you don't know what the salary cap is or whether you're in breach of it and most players are probably ignorant anyway they mightn't even know that there is a salary cap or what the salary cap was before everybody's talking salary cap now mm. but the players I think they should, they've got zero blame I believe I, I, that's probably the one area we can contribute because uh, I listen to a couple other podcasts and they've got They've got specialists in to talk about certain areas and financial advisor in one podcast to listen to. We don't... Like, Sounds like a good laugh. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> but like we can only really provide the player's perspective and from a, a player's perspective, you go in and negotiate your contract with the club and, and that's it and you try and get as good a deal as you can. So I don't think the players have any blame. So when you sit down with Ulster and you went, okay, that's the contract sorted. What about some investments outside the game and maybe a house for my missus? And they went, mm. Oh, and by the way, what's everybody else getting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree Doesn't with happen. you. I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's nothing on the players. It's not even on the coaches mm. because the coaches are just, they, they, they'll have the budget to work with and it'll be people above them that will just say, 
this is what you're this is what you have to work with and we'll negotiate you, you identify the players that you want we'll try and get them signed for the club so it's not the players fault it's not the coaches fault I, I don't believe that any of them are ignorant to it. I believe that they all probably knew, and this is a little bit hairy here, but if someone above us is clearing it, if someone says to you, I can pay this amount and I'll put this month into a, this much into an investment for you, you're not going to say, no, oh, well, maybe dial it back a little bit, just don't want to go over the salary cap. You just say, okay. Because, mm. yeah, and they, so this year they have to get <clears throat> under the salary cap at the end of the season. Right. Before they go into the before they go into the championship, before they go into the championship, they have to be under the seven million. Yeah, they have to be under the seven million for a full year next year, and then they can get promoted back to the Premiership. They can't play in the Champions Cup next year. Uh, to get under the salary cap, now they they've obviously started having to release a few of their players. Uh, there was talks of them having to release some on loan. Pat wasn't there. Mm. Um, yeah, Daily Mail was saying <clears throat> that there's talk about they wouldn't want to loan them to the other. English sides, so maybe putting them over to Ireland on loan for a year while they're in the championship, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. With we'll the Saris players up for grabs. Put them to work over here. Mm. Get like, uh, yeah, the English come over here and do a bit of, do a bit of building for us. <laughs> put them to work, sounds like there's a sweatshop, there's a Saris sweatshop. Get them in Fens, Fens Corporation, it's like, sounds like a builder, just get them down to Limerick and do a little, build a few hotels. There's a wee pencil <coughs> behind his ear. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't one of them a bricklayer or a... Scaffolding. Scaffolder. He's gone. He's gone He's to got the scarlets. He'll be ah, scaffolding the scarlets. He's shopping centre in, in, <laughs> in Clinetley. Uh, <coughs> yeah, we take a few of them. Well, you were saying, Pat, you were saying that they, they can't play, that only teams that are in the Pro 14 in terms mm. of... Because they, they're... What have they got left now in the season? They know they're relegated, but they still have that squad of players. Mm. So they might as well go go all out for the Champions Cup. But even if they win the Champions Cup, yeah. you're saying that they cannot play in the Champions Cup the following year if they're in the Championship. Yeah, Unless that's it. Um, it's, what is it? Um, they said that the Premiership Top 14 and Pro 14 are the only eligible leagues that you can have somebody in there. So even if they win this uh, in May, they won't be able to defend their trophy the year after, which seems so unless, a bit <coughs> Unless they're from an emerging nation. Yes, what you said the Challenge on. Cup. Yeah, so where are nations. Timosaurus Saracens? Where are they? I think they're Romania, are they? Uh huh. <laughs> so if Saracens were to, can, but Saracens probably can't relocate to Romania and play in the championship. Um, they can't. <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Is that written on your laptop? <laughs> I anticipated all these questions. Um, no, they probably they would have to maybe go to the Romanian championship. The yeah, um, but they're like a sister club, aren't they? Yeah, mm. so send them all over there. So you're saying there's a chance. Mm. There'll, be, there'll be a way around it. it it's a funny one, because I was saying the Trimby there before we started as well. It's like, um, I don't know, because they keep changing the rules. It's like you couldn't get relegated. They had to give them the 35-point deduction, and then they changed the rules again. It's like, no, now you are relegated. Like So they're talking about regulations and rules, but they're kind of changing them on the fly. Like so. Mm. Well, Flack kind of touched on that wee bit, so... You can't really capture the the entire salary cap with regulations. It just needs to be in the spirit, and the spirit is not paying their wives. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're. Um, it would be a very weird. Not that like, they are. That's not happening. Uh, yeah, if like Mark McCall <coughs> said, he's speaking to Eddie Jones during the week to see uh, how you know what's the best plan for players. Um, Venter's spoken. Eddie, it's Mark here. Um, listen, we need to get our heads together. Yeah. <laughs> this is chaos. I'm in serious trouble. Yeah. Venter was talking this morning about uh, that the players would all rally together, none of them would leave, and this would become more than just winning trophies. It would be about the team and the honesty and the integrity of the club, and they'd all stick together and get them back to where they were. So that'll be interesting. Do you notice in the, uh, in the, what do they call it? Like the, have you seen a couple of people put it up over the weekend? The Saracens' like conduct or the Saracens, yeah, what, yeah, what do they call yeah. that? Their their mission their statement, values. Their, their values, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of them is humility. But like putting like posters up with um, humility on it, <laughs> the exact opposite. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but the thing is, is that is that like the people who who put those posters together wouldn't be. The, the, yeah. They're, they're, they're the guys involved in developing the culture and the rugby side. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, they, they wouldn't be going, oh, 
honesty, can't really put that one in because of we're breaching the salary cap. That's just that's just Mark McCall and and his coaching team yeah. trying to get that across to the players. So that's the same thing where the rugby is slightly ring fenced from the people who made the decisions to say that this is what we can afford to pay the players. I agree yeah. completely. But it still it has the knock on effect into the into the group, and it must be must be incredibly stressful for them all because regardless when you look at it now they they're going to have to people are going to lose their jobs you know a lot of players are going to have to move like you said for Eddie Jones now he's the bulk of his of of his team and his squad is going to come from that one club and now that club is in disarray so in a way it 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 makes it pretty interesting a pretty interesting six nations coming up mm. in a way they're about to become more humble yeah yeah <laughs> how humble are you guys <laughs> we're very humble yeah uh, super humble now. Yeah, not, as, not as humble as us. No. Uh, well, they've got to face Leinster in the in the next uh, round of the Champions Cup in the quarterfinal. In that, the that's, and what, what's going to be really interesting is imagine they go on and they win the Champions Cup this year. Like, what are people going to be like at the end? You know, like generally whoever wins, you just go fair play to them. That was pretty incredible. Like that's a big achievement. But everyone be like, you cheated all the way through. Yeah. Today. Oh, it's still fair enough. So it's much yesterday. Really? Oh my god! It's still fair enough. There was a knock because there's no salary cap in European. But still, the reason no, they would have they... gotten those players in the first place was by by cheating to get them into the squad. I mean, you're not going to buy players no, no, just, just to play for in European, the Champions yeah. Cup because you have to qualify on meritocracy. They put together a squad illegally that then went and qualified for the Champions Cup yeah. and then go and win the Champions Cup. So whichever way you address it, yeah. the other side of it is like that the fact that they wouldn't uh, show their books. Uh, and they said, "Oh, no, we'll take relegation." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what is in your a, books? Yeah, a forensic <laughs> audit was the other option, and they said, "Nah, you're grand." Like that's. They also had to give back their titles, though, as well. Did they? Is that not it? They had to uh, um, open up the books and then give back titles or face relegation. Right. So that, that was. Did you notice that? That yeah, kind of yeah. wasn't really. Re- that was kind of skewed. It was reported. Elsewhere, so and they, they all just said, sure, just show your books, was what was reported, but it was show your books and get back titles. Oh, right. Which they would probably, I don't know. But, but the fact that there's both means that they're maybe slightly less suspicious. I don't I know. I prefer not knowing that piece of information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> it's yeah. weird to give them the option, though, isn't it? Like, you, yeah. do you want to give back your titles? No, just, just show us your books anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're like, no, no, we'll keep our titles. Like, why don't they make <laughs> oh, the fine. decision on that? Like, yeah. yeah. Very weird. Like, That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, if you knew your books were, were, were cooked heavily and you're going to like, give us back your titles and uh, show us your books and then, you know, we, we, we mightn't relegate you. And then you go, or else we'll just relegate you. You kind of know that once you show them the books that you're going to get relegated anyway. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So hold on to the titles. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, anyway, monster. I want to... <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to them. Uh, <clears throat> Leinster... Yeah, probably not as uh, overly impressive against uh, Benetton yesterday. I have uh, a feeling there's some dark days ahead for Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they don't beat Saracens, for the one time I'm going to be cheering for them, I'll be so disappointed. Uh, yeah, um, so first 20 minutes, Benetton could have, could have been nine points up, chose to, to go to the corner a lot, uh, with confidence that they would have scored. Leicester, again, just the defence is unbelievable, keeping them out. Um, but I suppose if Benetton had more to play for, could have found themselves 9-0 up, uh, potentially up at half-time, would have been a different game in the second half. Um, did they show anything in that period that gave you a little bit of an insight how to beat Leinster? They went, they went front line on all the restarts. They went, in, they went short on all the restarts, so they obviously saw something there with Leinster. I'm not saying they got an awful lot of return from it. I thought... I thought um, I don't think I don't think if, if uh, even the, the 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 first the home game in Dublin was was sticky with, with Benetton, but I thought I mean, that they're a good side. Don't don't yeah. I thought they're eight Halafi. Yeah. Yeah. Is that his name? Hala and they've been consistently good for like three yeah. or four years now. Yeah. Halafi, he yeah. was he's he's quality, um, but and but I don't think they I don't think they had the quality to handle that Leinster team all the way going through. And I, Le- Leinster didn't play like. As they normally could, like you didn't see ring rows ripping, ripping up. But they didn't have the ball in the first half. That's what that was yeah. struck, struck me. It was like for the first twenty minutes, they didn't have the ball, and uh, so that like going into play Leinster is like keep the ball away from them. Is that something? I mean, it's not easy to do. Obviously, you feel like you might be 
running up a blind alley when they're coming at you with that blue wall, wall all the time, but it's almost better, lesser two evils than kicking them the ball back. And yeah, I always think with, the same to you. Yeah, I always think with Leinster, and, and more so recently, that that whenever they get the ball, once they get their tails up and they go through three, four, five, six phases, then it becomes inevitable. You're going to concede at some stage, and it's very, very difficult to get away from that mindset. Whenever Leinster at their best, they do not, they don't cough up the ball. You know, it's a good point. Remember when we like when we talk about Ulster now, <clears throat> and we talk about how 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 important Addison, Kutsia, Cooney, and McCluskey are, and uh, Billy Burns had a, had a phenomenal game at the weekend. But you talk about those guys, and you're looking for them. So you know when when you get your analysis sheet before a game and said stop Kutsia, stop Ulster, yeah. there is nothing like that with Leinster. Like who do you like stop what stop Doris, stop Leinster, or then stop Deegan, or then stop Ruddock. It's it's it. When you play the All Blacks, every single time you're playing against them, there's some guy there who's getting the ball who potentially is going to score a try. And it's kind of getting to that stage with Leinster where they're that good. I thought, uh, I thought James Ryan had a massive game at the weekend. I, like, I just had a, I was looking at the, he had 16 carries and 19 tackles. Like the, the, the work rate that he gives and then McGrath, McGrath was McGrath excellent. Was class, McGrath it? was pick, picking off like every yeah. time they'd overread a play and tried to get block a kick or something like that. He just made little snipes. Thought he was really McGrath, good. If uh, if if he like, and he has been playing well this season, mm. kind of quietly. Um, it, it's, it's it's easy to be quietly performing well when you're playing with Leinster. But if maybe you had seen that three or four weeks ago, he might have got in the conversation with the other two fellas. Might have been a less straightforward conversation. It's still not straightforward, but there's mm. obviously a lot of competition there. McGrath, I thought, was brilliant the weekend. Yeah, I didn't realise that he, he... I think that was the first time he's been captain. Is that right? <clears throat> the Don't know. I didn't realise kind of he had that role within the squad. So I didn't yeah. realise... He's uh, older than you think. He's like 29 now, right? I think, or... Is he that old, yeah, really? Yeah, I think he's 28, 29. No? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say, say so. Yeah, I think he's probably 26, maybe. I, I, remember, I remember, do you remember we were, we were in an Irish squad years ago, and I remember um, yeah. there was I, someone there. I was so wrong. There was someone saying to us, they were saying, this guy, Luke McGrath, is phenomenal, man. And they were saying, yeah. like, they watched him playing for the Irish schools, and he was dump tackling people, and he was, he, his, his handling, and every, all his fundamentals were really, really good. So I kind of knew when he was on the way up that he was, he yeah. would see a lot of him. But it, it's, it's a good point, like what you're saying, in that, if he was playing in the Ulster team, would he be standing out like Cooney is? I think the, I think Cooney's a little bit more evasive as a nine. Um, They're very different, I think. <clears throat> yeah, he they almost suit their clubs better, or maybe the way the clubs play kind of is dictated by the way their their style is. I yeah, mm. but it, you won't know till, mm. till hopefully I don't know if we're going to get to see see both of them in green, in green during the Six Nations, but it'll be interesting to see how they go. I thought. Uh, I thought Caelan Doris had a big game. Max Deegan was good again. Caelan Doris had 10 carries, 12 tackles. Troy, he had a couple of really good turnovers as well. We talked about this before, but that Max Deegan, Caelan Doris, you'd, you'd still go Doris? Uh, I know they're different. I know uh, look, like, I, I think, honestly, like Deegan has been outstanding the last couple of weeks as well. So it's, I, I'd probably be leaning towards Doris maybe at the moment. It swings, you yeah. Know what I mean, like, uh, like Max, if Max, De- <laughs> if Max Deegan, if Max Deegan selected, I think he's going to be in a good position as you, well. So. You wouldn't play both of them. <clears throat> you could do. I think they tried that at the weekend with, with Deegan at six and yeah. Doris at eight. But I think your eight's naturally going to get a lot more ball and 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 get on a little bit more. So I think you're like when when Peter Manny plays with Munster and with Ireland, the six is generally holding the blind a lot more. So he doesn't get the same involvements in terms of carries, which when you're like for someone like Pete, who's who's like he's you you pick him, he's got that line out aspect as well. Um, I I don't think you're getting the best out of out of Max Deegan at six. Not to say he can't do the job there, but you know his 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 skill set and his his ability to make line breaks is is top class. Mm. So they're and they've still have Reese Ruddock behind them there, and Van der Fleer was really busy as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, if, even if you <clears throat> someone points this out to me the weekend, if you took the Leinster players from around the world at the moment and made a few teams out of them, uh, they, they'd they'd all compete. What do you mean? Like if you took I mean, all, league, Leinster, like all, Leinster all the Leinster players from <laughs> Ulster, Connacht, Munster, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, England, New France, York, New York, wherever. Yeah, um, it's pretty insane. Like that, the at the level, and like a, delighted for someone like Jack McGrath now who had to. 
and it was kind of forced out of Leinster with with uh, the competition there, but it's mm. gotten back into the Irish squad. No, he saw Leinster. he saw pastures. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say forced out. I'd say he just goes. Oh, I'm going to go up here and I'm going to play regularly. Yeah, but he's going to play like probably this. half as much yeah. when he's when he's mm. there, and and it, it makes Irish rugby stronger. But like we mm. spoke about it last week, Trimby, is that the whole thing is is rather than looking at it negatively on Munster, Ulster, and and uh, and Connacht. You just look at it and say, well, there's the model of how of how you should run Irish rugby. Now you can't replicate all of the all of the advantages that Leinster have there, but you can certainly see that if we can upskill the young young Irish players coming through before they get to the academy, Irish rugby is going to be in an unbelievably good position. And Jerry, Jerry Thorley did a brilliant article on St Michael's yesterday in the paper, and it seems way more authentic than I thought it would. You know, it's really comes from within, comes from. Uh, Lads like Declan McGrath, who would have been, I think, their first ever cap player, who's Luke McGrath's uncle, who was capped at six for Ireland back in the in 1984, I think. He's heavily involved, and it's it's lads real like uh, who, who went to school there, got back involved in coaching. Um, obviously, they they eventually got a director of rugby in 2012, um, but I don't know. It seems real, uh, like not something Leinster would have invested in, but. It's from the school come within for, for a school. Roland Keller and Keen Keller's dad, I think, is the principal. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, and then a guy from Cork who went in there and just yeah, he was a Cork hurler and got just got into sport in the school and and. Uh, and uh, am I right in saying Michaels uh, maybe fifteen years ago wouldn't have? Wouldn't I think they have won the their, they won their first one in two thousand and seven or something like that. And that was the first ever senior club. So that shows that in, in a relatively short space of time, you can develop that talent. You don't have to have a tradition, a big yeah, rugby exactly. tradition. Yeah. 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 And they, they, <clears throat> I think he said they highlighted uh, freaks that were coming through the school and going, this guy's six foot six, this guy's six foot seven at, at 12, 13 years of age or whatever. And they're like, let's make him a professional rugby player. And, uh, they highlighted freaks. Or so I'm, sure <laughs> the, I'm sure the young, I think that's young teenagers felt pretty <laughs> <laughs> good walking through. <laughs> you, you freak. And I was like, oh, I'm actually really self-conscious a, about my a, height here. clipboard is like a, a freak. So as they walk in day one, like, uh, yeah, but it, look, I don't know. As you said, it, it's been a short period of time and they've, have yeah. managed to create. I think that's what they did in dodgeball as well, isn't it? They identified little <laughs> freaks. <laughs> they won, won the tournament. Uh, yeah, well, look, there's how many of them in the Irish squad now? A ton. Um, and interesting, looking at that Irish squad, uh, we, I think we'll, we might get to picking our teams at the end of the, the, yeah. end of the show. Okay, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Uh, Ulster, uh, did you work for that game? I didn't. Oh. I didn't. Um, we had it? Uh, no, no, I only got back on Sunday there. But um, uh, yeah, it was scrappy. It was scrappy. I think Ulster were a bit tetchy. Tough, um, tough. Not, not writing bath after a tough team to, to play against, and they've yeah. some a lot of quality. But um, I think they seem to they're stuck at their game plan. Yeah, kind of won out in the end. Right? They unsettled them a bit by by every time Freddie Burns got the ball, he just he just looked for the corner, yeah. try mm. to find some space in behind. Thirty nine kicks in the game, <laughs> which was huge and. I thought it was a testament to the back three, Addison, Balakoon and, and Stockdale. 39 kicks from? From hand. But, but in general or, or both one side? From From Bath. Freddie Burns they, or from that? From Bath, yeah. Freddie Burns kicked the or they, oh, Bath. Yeah. I thought, I, the first half, I thought Bath 100% were winning the kicking game, man. Mm. 100%. No, but um, the Ulster kicked the ball 36 times, believe it or not. There was a phenomenal amount of kicks. Mm. Um, but I thought they dealt with them but so well. I think well. that might have been that might have been skewed because I think it looked like Bath were going getting in a phase play. They I think a lot of teams now realise that Ulster can defend through long period long passages of play. After a, for, a, a couple of phases, if you're not getting headway with Ulster, then I think Freddie Burns would kick, yeah. kick it, put it down there, and then Ulster were kicking it back. Yeah, so that I is technically it. one kick each, but really it's <clears throat> you haven't got any other option if you're um, well, Addison, you're fielding yeah. the ball back there, you have to kick it. You know what I mean? It's the slightly yeah. skewed. Freddie Burns kicking it is a sign of his intent mm. or Bass. Um, oh, it was plan. definitely Ulster were under the pump when when it came. To but they it. did really well. Really well. Like Balakum was covering. Like I'd say not a guy renowned for his his uh, kicking or maybe it's because he's so young, his positional stuff. But I thought he covered so much ground. Yeah. And the three of them linked quite well. Stockdale obviously had to step into fifteen when when Addison went off. Yeah, did really well. And um, yeah, obviously that the the, the bounce of the ball, mm. you know, yeah. was a little bit unfortunate. But yeah. I, I still think he did really well. In fact, I think 
we're seeing little glimpses of 2018 Stockdale. Mm. I think we're just seeing him come back at a good time, obviously, for Ireland. Um, come back into form and looking really sharp. And then Al Addison with the, the headband and the head guard mm. <laughs> the second half. He was class, man. He was yeah. brilliant, was wasn't he? And Kutsia was brilliant, man. Kutsia had... I, th I don't think it was Kutsia's best, best game. Man, he had, two, he had two huge turnovers, man. Two huge turnovers. He had 19 tackles. He had ten carries, making like averaging just close on five meters a carry. I know, like if you if you read out <clears throat> Kutsia's stats in any game, they're always going to be incredible. I just thought it, it's the first time I thought he took a little bit of a dip. I thought he forced one or two passes, and um, I he, he, he had the turnover for for Balakun's try, didn't he? He had the turnover and it, they went left. He's always incredible. I thought he was just slightly less incredible. Yeah, that was but anyway, like, for that break he made on the left hand side when he. Oh. Could have passed, but yeah, delayed, yeah. and I think someone may have give it, give out to him. Was it was a Stockdale give out to him. It was Gilly. The one Gilly. where he Gilly. 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 Yeah. But I think it was the right decision. It was that's uh, the one where Cooney got pushed for the yellow card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he should have gone himself though. If yeah, he, he by the by the time he fell and kind of slid a bit, he was maybe only four meters out from the line. Yeah, and it was Freddie Burns. I think was coming across in the backfield. Yeah, but he Freddie was Burns going. Please, please pass. Please try next year. If he had just gone and tried to fend him, got a bit of leg drive, yeah. he would have scored it. Billy Burns, man, I was really impressed with. I yeah. thought he played really, really well. Like Mark and his brother as well, man, which must have been pretty weird. Yeah. yeah. But I thought he'd. Uh, I thought the thought he was quality, really, uh, really good. McCluskey, obviously, uh, big story last week, not been including Farrell's squad. Um, again, couldn't have done more this weekend. First three carries one was yeah. um, a little sweet play out the back of, of left hand scrum and Ulster made 30 yards and that's him taking it to the line and uh, and committing players and pulling the ball back next one was a pretty solid carry third carry was a line break that's on the first five mm. minutes you're like yeah. what more can this guy do he's busy isn't he he's, mm. he's impressive and he's regularly impressive like he keeps getting on the ball so what were your thoughts on that decision leaving him out oh I think it's I think it's mad I don't, I don't see it I don't get it at all, and I'm sure I'm being a little bit Ulster biased. I'm trying not to be, but he, especially because Farrell says it's picked on form, and he made a point of saying this. Um, he said this squad is picked on form. Mm -hmm. If you're not in it, it's because you're not playing well enough, and if you're in it, you're you're doing well. You're in the top what squad of what 35? What was 36. it? 36. But that does not make sense. With but he, he's, he's yeah, he's just in a position where that's where Ireland have the most strength. In I there. know. To be fair, if you turn around to me and said, well, then who would you drop? Instead of him, I would go. It's well, got to be Akio or Hinshaw, as in like you drop him one of them. Yeah, it's two of three. Mm. I think I agree with you. Ringrose and Farrell are the two. Ringrose is probably so. I know where we've prepped something for black, black and white. Ringrose is the first back mm. down for me. He's yeah. been incredible. Yeah. Farrell is, is is class as well. Just only only because have they played that much? Uh, Aki hasn't just haven't seen much of him. Has far or um, Hinshaw? Has he played much? He's played quite a bit, yeah. Has he been, I, I just haven't seen as much from him. It's only just because of McCloskey's headlines, left, right and centre. Mm, yeah. Robbie Henshaw, no one needs to tell me how good he is. But it's just on current form, Stu's on fire. On fire. <laughs> yeah, it's very, but it's, it's, very the same, it's the same thing. The prominence of certain, certain individuals playing in the Ulster system versus the... The Leinster system, where everyone just does their job, does it really, really well, really yes, effectively. You're right. I think that's probably an explanation. <laughs> so you don't, you maybe don't hear headlines. Oh, Henshaw was incredible today, or maybe see the boss or the big offloads. You're right. I think that probably goes some way to explaining it. Whereas McCluskey's very obviously getting gain lines, getting off mm. offloads, offloads, <laughs> <laughs> smashing boys. So it's easy to see how well he's playing. But well, maybe then, you're right. It, it's more of a, one part of a whole team all functioning really well. So you've both been involved in a lot of Six Nations building up to it, and these couple of weeks are so important to uh, gel the team together. It's a new uh, coach come in, new regime. Um, a lot of people have been talking over the last few weeks about combinations and how important they are. Do you think he looked at that and said, well, look, I've only got a small matter of time here before the first game. Henshaw and Ringrose are probably going to be the, the combination he'll go with, uh, looking at the squad he's picked. Do you think it's, it's, that has a huge factor in... I think it depends. depends what he does elsewhere because there's a debate at nine, mm. there's a debate at fullback, and then if you go slightly more conservative with those two, mm. then I think you can roll the dice with the centre. Not that any of them really are rolling the dice. Maybe key, maybe, as I don't know, or Farrell, maybe. But I think I don't think you can go with the risky choice all through all the wee 50-50 decisions. I think you kind of make a bit of a balance. For example, if Sexton hadn't been fit, 
then you probably would have gone Murray. Now that Sexton's fit, I think it probably gives Cooney more of an opportunity. Mm. Mm. I think if you, if you gave the, the decision to no, if you gave the decision to ninety percent of people out there uh, fans, they'd go uh, Cooney, Sexton, McCluskey, Ringrose, probably Conway, Stockdale, and Addison or Larmer. Then is is kind of a probably go 50-50 and it's strange I mean are they are, are the, we all that uninformed about or uninformed about how difficult it is to gel that team together uh, your, your point in the initial one is that like you have a very short window to try and come together and because this is a new regime as well the more continuity you can have in certain areas the easier it will make you know coming together and transitioning from provincial to international um, that doesn't mean that if you know that that you're being conservative. Mm. You know, like I think that like you want to see Cooney getting on the field, um, but I think I think there's a certain amount of it. It was said, well, okay, well, I can just pick like 15 players that I think are all playing really well. But yeah. when I know that Robbie Henshaw is really comfortable playing in, playing inside Gary Ringrose, well, then that's 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 a that's an advantage I have straight away. Mm. And it's not like Bundyaki isn't playing well. It's not like Chris Farrell isn't playing well. So then I thought, I thought Conor Murray played well at the weekend. Craig mm-hmm. Casey played very well, but we can't talk about Munster. Um, <laughs> but, but the fact that these guys are, are playing, like the, the fact that Conor Murray showed good form at the weekend, the fact that John Cooney is playing out of his skin is a good place to be. Yeah. I think where he's probably, where your most nerves would be, would be around the 10, you know, to get Johnny Sexton back and get him back as captain. Um, but I think he's, I think, I think they'll probably go... I don't know what what way they're going to go. I, I'd probably to I, I would go with partnerships. Yeah, I think that's and then yeah. it, it gives you it gives you if that gives you a sort of a baseline for performance, you can start dropping lads in. Then after that, because your start it's a it's a whole new start as well. You don't know like what whether Andy Farrell wants to change the way that they play versus when they played under Joe. I don't think it'll be a huge shift because there's only so many ways to play the game. But uh, I think I go. Continuity. Continuity. We'll have to pick our team for black and white at the end anyway. Um, did you watch the Connacht game yesterday? <laughs> no. <clears throat> Connacht um, game was unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Was really? It? Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Really? <laughs> yeah, genuinely, it was... Uh, it was. Um, I thought... I, did we say Fahinga is going to Montpellier next year? Talking about to Leon. Going Leon. to Leon. Yeah. Oh, well, Fahinga was really good. I yeah. thought Godwin was really good. I thought Porch was excellent. Um, Fango will be a big loss. Yeah, yeah, it'll be huge. That huge loss. Are so physical for them. Yeah, uh, they were twenty-one nil down at half after what 20, 25 minutes. Mm. Came back to twenty-one all. Um, yeah, I saw highlights of it. Just the first, the first four minutes of the game was like it was like a training drill. You know, where where one team isn't allowed to touch the ball. It was just like Montpellier just going boom, boom, just carrying, just going all the way up the field. Everything they carry, and I was like, how are Connacht going to stop this? And. Uh, and Connacht weren't stopping it. And what what was what was that guy's name? The the winger, the winger for Montpellier, uh, the big fella, Ngande, Ngandebe. Yeah, man, his feet yeah. were outrageous. Unreal. He was he was so he was so sharp. <clears throat> and they they got they played that drop dropped the ball back off on the inside. Was it was it Pollard dropped the ball on the inside for him? And he had the tight head, and he just beat the tight head mm. Robertson, McCoy. Um, but he was he was really sharp. And I was like, Connachter, they're going to get 40 or 50 points put on them here. And then they just, clinical, boom, just scoring tries out of nowhere. I thought, uh, I thought Porch, I thought uh, Jack Carthy again, when he wants to create, man, he's just so exciting to watch. Um, yeah, I felt like they missed him when they took him off. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. It's kind of been stuck in my head all season where I feel like they may need to stick with him, you know, and just give him the time. To, he's obviously hasn't come back from the World Cup in great, uh, in a great place, and they just need to back him. Yeah. He's him one time. of the guys. He's one of the guys who brings something different, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, and it would be a shame if, if you're going to bring something different and you're going to um, take risks. Then sometimes they're not going to pay off. Mm. And I think if you're a coach and you that's the, that's the guy that you pick, you need to accept that that's going to be the way, and then you need to give him slightly more grace. Yeah. Oh, what about that that try? <coughs> the, from ins- from inside their own hat, from their own try line, was it who knocked? Was it Tiernan Holland knocked the ball on, or was it was it Godwin or Porch? Do you know what I'm on about? It was like, or was it Tiernan Holland kicked it in field? I can't remember. 
It was phenomenal, man. It was it was like it was like watching France play France back in nineteen ninety two okay, with Serge Blanco. Field, and, I think the defenses in the game were a bit shocking. It did have that feel to it. I saw uh, Montpellier were constantly turning turning the the Connacht back three, and Connacht were struggling with that. Yeah. They, they were pretty pretty adept that like they'd move the ball along the edge and just turn the turn them with a kick in behind, and they got a lot of return <coughs> from that. But. Uh, Oh, I was watching the Connacht fans over there, and I was thinking, like, if they win this game, this is going to be the best, the best trip they've ever been on. Mm-hmm. And it was just at the end. I think <clears throat> Caelan Blade was there. They, like, it was an unbelievable game. It was a brilliant game. But Caelan Blade was at the very end was like appealing to the referee. And next minute, the ball just bobbled out, and one of the Montpellier boys took uh, took possession of it, and that was that was it done. But it was a phenomenal game. Connacht showed an awful lot of balls in it. Yeah, um, we didn't discuss also just. Because Pat had put it on the script about about how Ulster struggled uh, with their set piece, with their scrum, yeah. and and they conceded five scrum penalties. They lost Tom O'Toole, and Ross Kane came on, and uh, that's going to be an area. It just shows highlights, like Tom O'Toole is in the is in the national squad, and you can see why because he's he's a machine, but he, you you almost dismiss Marty Moore's contribution. Oh, uh, Marty! So at the start of the season, Marty Moore only came back in. Maybe the week before the first European round, mm. or maybe first European round it was, and you saw the difference straight away. He's he's he adds an awful lot to Ulster, and mm. he's pretty good around the park as well. Yeah, he's decent he was involved. He was involved for that um, the first uh, Cooney try um, against Claremont away, where there's the tip on or back inside, and he offloaded to Cooney. I think it was to mm. Jordy Murphy. Uh, Marty Murray's massively underrated. I suppose like it's tight heads in. in in Ireland, are kind of dominated mm. by uh, by Porter and Porter Furlong. Porter and Furlong, yeah. But he he should be in the conversation, I think. But anyway, Tom O'Toole, you're right. As a young, it's nice to see him getting involved there because around the park, he's head and shoulders better than any other tight head around. He's so good, so dynamic. Smashes boys in defence as well. Mm. Got, I think he got a bang in the head early on, though. I don't. I, listen, I'm not saying that's the reason why the scrum struggled, but he's obviously. A young tight head coming through is always going to be difficult. Yeah, he's, he's going to have to make mistakes. He you were saying, I think it was you said to me before, it's way easier to have what he has and learn how to scrum than be a good scrummager and learn how to tip on and accelerate through contract and smash boys and do everything yeah. else he does. So we're in okay. I think Ulster are in pretty good shape when Marty Murray gets fit. Mm. That makes a massive difference. And then hopefully over the next couple of years, from an Ulster perspective, Tom O'Toole starts to develop that more and more. But but having having. If you look at the makeup of the national squad, having Furlong and Porter there with O'Toole behind them, O'Toole is going to be coming in and taking a lot of reps there. Yeah, he's going to be, be he's going to be so yeah. much better after that Six Nations, and then he's coming in. It's kind of maybe they just they're taking a long term view on him, and they're saying we could bring Marty Moore in here now, but I think that on I think maybe if 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 Porter or unless they're considering bring, dropping in Beelham, Archer or Ryan from Munster from Connacht, then they're probably thinking. Well, if the two lads are fit, if we if we're stuck, there we'll, we'll keep with Tom O'Toole here and keep developing him. Yeah. He's going to be a weapon for us down the line. But yeah, yeah. Connacht or Ulster have a they have a, the the age profile there is is very very promising, mm. and it'd be interesting to see who they go and sign in the in the in the off season as well. Mm. Good to see Balakoon as well brought into the Irish squad as a development player. Yeah, and the, um, the 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 second row, um, Ran Baird, is it? Mm. Mm. He seems to be it's great un- skills. Unbelievably well He's rated as well, right? Yeah, yeah one of them. I think it's a good idea. One of your freaks. <laughs> yeah. it's a nice, nice idea. So they had their they had their squad of thirty six, and they said, you know what, we'll just we'll add this other category, will we? Yeah. <laughs> to bring in the young fellas. It makes it makes absolute sense because you've guys who are going to be instead of bringing guys in as just saying <clears throat> you're going to be cannon fodder holding holding tackle shields for us. You're saying these guys are like you're almost. You're acknowledging the the improvement that those guys have made in their game, and you're bringing them up, and you're saying they're they're not gonna they don't they like Ryan Baird won't be like oh, I can't believe I'm not in the full squad. You know what I mean? Ryan Baird's gonna be excited to be there. He's gonna bring an awful lot of energy. That's the thing is rather than having guys who are just there who are disillusioned because they they're not really in there. They're just being holding tackle shields. They'll bring a lot of energy. They'll yeah. make the sessions more competitive. Oh, um, they used to do. An unofficial equivalent to this in the past. I remember Jordan Larmer coming in, mm. and uh, and we, none of us knew his name. Just this uh, young kid from the under twenties came in. You know, so it was they still they did that in the past to get guys um, kind of comfortable with the environment and get get them into the mix. 
but there, it wouldn't have been an official and it's nice that they've done they've kind of highlighted those mm. four guys and said these guys are four guys for the future yeah yeah Will it's Connors, good. Will Connors, Harry yes. Byrne, and, Sarah Connors as well. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Baird and Robert Bellacoon. Um, okay, we're, we just uh, before we get to black and white, we just want to let you know that House of Rugby is making its debut in Cork next week. We'll be at Reardon's on Washington Street uh, next Wednesday evening, January 29th. There will be no show next Monday. Do so you get any goals in Cork, or is that just Limerick? No, yeah, just Limerick. What are langers, langers in Cork, isn't it? Langers, langers yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so any penguins or langers, uh, please come to Cork next week. We'll have no show on Monday, so you can have Monday off. Well done. I'll have to go into work. <laughs> <laughs> Blue words. Uh, Pat will release more details on that show and where to pick up tickets, etc. on Twitter this week. But we'll take a quick break and we'll be back black with Black and white. Black and white. <laughs> You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Okay, for this week's Black and White, we're sticking with the best 15s team, but keeping it current. Um, myself and Trimby have been tasked by producer Pat with picking our starting Ireland team. I'm going to go with 23. Is okay. that right? Yeah. Yeah. I love um, it. Oh, I better pick a, Jerry, you better pick a bench then. <laughs> Sorry, I've decided this now. <laughs> Jerry, you feel free to jump in with your thoughts or just lambaste us for our uh, teams. Yeah, so I think I heard someone talk about this during the week where the 23 is, is a big part of this. Squ- like, Sorry, the, the eight subs are going to be a huge part of this Six Nations team. Not for Trimby, he doesn't even have subs. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, guys are going to play it through. <laughs> yeah. um, I suppose it's something we don't really focus on a huge amount when it comes to the Irish team is how important the bench Finishers. Yeah, the finishers. Um, so I've gone in with that frame of mind, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, cheers for the heads up. No, one more time. <laughs> you, you just no, I'll be grand, I'll bluff it. Uh, I've gone with front row of Kilcoin, Keller uh-huh. and Furlong. Oof. I've gone with Dev Toner, James Ryan in the second row. I've gone with Hendy at six. I've gone with... Doris at eight, and I've got Van der Fleer at seven. With Healy, Herring, and Porter to come off the bench after 50 minutes and destroy everyone. With Pete and CJ to come off the bench in the second half, with Hendy moving to the second row, uh, probably take Dev off, um, and then let Pete and CJ just run. I mean, the, the idea of having the two of them off the bench, yeah. I just think, fuck, imagine when you're tired no, it, and exhausted and the two of them. Sounds like more of, a, more of a team talk than a selection. I've gone with Cooney and Sexton, 9-10, uh, Henshaw and Ringrose in the centre, back three of Stockdale, Earls and Addison. Uh, Connor to come on for Cooney, uh, Ross Byrne on the bench, um, potentially to come on for Sexton if needs be and then Conway Conway and Earlsy was a tough one uh, Conway's playing brilliant but I would love to see Will Addison uh, play with Earlsy and see how much space he can create from um, and not that he wouldn't do the same for Conway but I just feel I'd love to see that combination so that is my starting 23 okay um your uh, front row on the bench is my front row that started. Okay. Healy, Her- Herring, Porter. Yep. yep. And I've got James Ryan and Handy in the row. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Pete at six, uh, Josh at seven, and Max Deegan um, at eight. Mm-hmm. Deegan, Doris. Anyway, I've gone for Deegan. You don't know which to switch, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've gone what for... What about the mustache, I think? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for uh, Cooney at nine, Sexton at ten. Jacob on the left. I've gone for Farrell and Ringrose in the centre. Farrell is a 12? Yes. Interesting. And I've gone for uh, Lamoule on the right wing. Sorry, so who are your centres again? Um, Farrell at 12, Ringrose at 13. Okay. And I've mm. gone for Larmer on the right. And I've gone for Addison at 15. Now, I know... I thought about the who's, who's your left wing? Uh, um, Stockdale. Um. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, explain your centres. Uh, my centres... 
So, right, um, you'll notice on my sheet there's um, blue, and, blue and red dots. Mm -hmm. I've tried to um, combine a mixture of um, Conservative and Labour Party <laughs> selections. <laughs> so I tried to kind of categorize them all, but based on what we were talking about earlier on, just get a little bit of balance, taking a bit of risk, but also tried and tested um, combinations. Yeah. So anyway, my centre partnership, um, Rings Thing is the first name down for me. Mm -hmm. um, Head and shoulders above every other centre. I think he's been... No, well... Anyway, he's first name down. In the, mm -hmm. in the back line I'm talking about mm -hmm. in general, mm -hmm. Ringrose. And then I just... Bundy and Henshaw, again, granted what we said earlier on. I think Farrell. I like As a him. 12, that's yeah. interesting. So uh, you would you would pick... So McCluskey hasn't made it in ahead of the two of them. That must be even more frustrating for you that you're not even picking either of the two of them. You're picking a 13 to play 12. Oh yeah, because he's not in the squad. I know, yeah, but like that, I just. Must I didn't realize we could do that. No, we couldn't. Yeah, fine. Sorry, you're, but you're actually picking at okay. thirteen ahead of the two boys that are there. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, any other interesting ones? Larmer. I know everybody's been talking about Larmer or Addison. I would like to have them both involved. I like what you um, did though with getting um, Addison to kind of unlock Earls yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. To be fair to you, yeah. I just don't like Handy at six. Especially when there's so much strength in the back row in Leinster. I think you put Handy in the row. Handy's, well, I know you've got Dev in there to call the lineouts, but I know we didn't probably see the bet. He wasn't as busy as he has been, but I think Handy adds a lot. And he takes a lot of um, pressure off James Ryan as well. Stick him in the back row, do the same stuff. No. No. Who, did, who, who was the rest of your back row again? Doris and Van der Fleer. Right, so you don't have Pete in there? I have Pete and CJ off the bench. Yeah. Bit of destruction then. You're not going to get any impact from them boys. What? You start them boys or nothing. Nah, disagree. We've never tried it. This is the first time we've actually bought into the spirit of black and white and argued. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time. Come on, man, get to your bench. Uh, oh, yeah. Front row is as is. Um, Kill coin, Keller, Furlong. Bear in mind, actually, sorry, I, I didn't realize we were picking a bench. Um, I'm going to go for, I don't know about my second row, let me think about that, but my back row cover is, um, so I started with Deegan, so Doris is on the bench. Murray, obviously, I agree, Ross Byrne um, at 10. Pete doesn't make your squad. Pete's starting six. Pete's at six. Oh, sorry. Uh, Ross Byrne at 10, and then back uh, back five cover is, is Earlsy. Cool. Second row, who are your options? Um Dave. I'm not going for Dev. Dev or uh, Dev starts. Um, sorry, Alton Delan. Alton Delan, yes. Alton Delan. Jerry, Terrace part. Give us a look at the teams. I think there's a there's a couple of question oh, marks. Very scribbly. Just the, the, the blue is the conservative, <laughs> red. Um, very scribbly, and I don't know if I wrote it accurately. Yeah. You didn't because you had Marty Moore at three there. That's a different team. I don't know what the other team the left is. Okay. It just mm. happened to be on the same page. I like Addison at 15 and both of them. Uh, What's your thoughts on Larmer on the wing? Mm. Yeah. It's a good call. Yeah, I, think, I, think I, I think I'd persist. I, I, would, I would have it as a, a shootout between Addison and, and Larmer for 15. Because um, I think that's, that's where you're ultimately going to get the best out of Jordan Larmer down the line. I think Addison's playing phenomenally. I'd probably go... There's a couple of things. I, I, I don't think... Quickly, front row. Um, if Killer hadn't have been injured, if he had have had the same form, uh, I think he, he has picked up a little Killer bit. Killer had quick. 15 carries at the weekend, man. Sorry, I thought you were suggesting that at 15. Killer at full no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Killer at 15 carries. I, yeah. I'd probably go... I don't agree with starting Hendy at six and then moving him across. And I think that... I'd probably go with. I'd probably go with 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 Trimby. It's fine. I think. I think the the it's fine. fine. It's, no. fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I think you're gonna. It's gonna be. It's like Ulster's set piece is not going that well. So that's the, making sure that the set piece work functions. That's why I had Dev in there. Yeah. Mm. Tight head. Tight head row. <laughs> Pardon. The, not speaking as it's the ballast. The ballast. Yeah. Yes. ballast. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, look, anyway, we're all friends. And yeah, I think I'll give it to Trimby, but I think I, I like the idea of, of Addison to unlock the likes of Erlsey, like Addison coming back and playing a little, like running and playing a little hook ball where he comes back to the blind, to, to the wing and plays Erlsey back in with his feet. Yeah, um, and it's a shame. I don't know what you had Conway on the bench, didn't you? Yeah, it's a shame. Conway didn't feature in my 23 at all, and he mm. was probably Ireland's second best back in the World Cup mm. behind Rings, Rings thing. Yeah. Uh, look, they're anyway, in a good we're place. All friends. They're in a good place. We're all friends. I'll give it to you it's this fine. week. It's fine. I just went with it. I said I'd go with something a little bit unusual. That's okay. Uh, all right, that's enough for this week, I think. Uh, as we said, Pat will be uh, giving more information for our live show from Cork uh, next Wednesday, January 29th. And until then, have a wonderful week. Uh, cheers to everybody for listening and for those watching on YouTube. Howdy doody. Uh, big thanks to f- all of you f- in House of Rugby for... Uh, uh, putting this together to pa- Pat, Fiona, Paul, Anthony and Dermot. This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. Party on. Party on. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.